Welcome to the Clothe with the Sun podcast, our daily reading and meditation on the gospel. I am James Thomas. Today is Tuesday of Holy Week, Tuesday, April the 4th, 2023. Today's reading is from the gospel according to St. John. Reclining at table with his disciples, Jesus was deeply troubled and testified, Amen, amen, I say to you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another at a loss to whom he meant. One of his disciples, the one whom Jesus loved, was reclining at Jesus' side. So Simon Peter nodded to him to find out whom he meant. He leaned back against Jesus' chest and said to him, Master, who is it? Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I hand the morsel after I have dipped it. So he dipped the morsel and took it and handed it to Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot. After Judas took the morsel, Satan entered him. So Jesus said to him, What you you are going to do, do quickly. Now none of those reclining at table realized why he said this to him. Some thought that since Judas kept the money bag, Jesus had told him, buy what we need for the feast, or to give something to the poor. So Judas took the morsel and left at once, and it was night. When he had left, Jesus said, now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and he will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little while longer. You will look for me, and as I told the Jews, where I go, you cannot come. So now I say it to you. Simon Peter said to him, Master, where are you going? Jesus answered him, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, though you will follow me later. Peter said to him, Master, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Amen, amen, I say to you. The cock will not crow before you deny me three times. So here we are. We're in Holy Week, and things are getting intense. We're already reading a little bit about the Last Supper. It reminds me, oh, should I tell a joke? I guess I'll tell a joke. It has to do with this reading. You see, um, there was an Irish priest who used to, uh, and I actually knew a guy like this once, except he was Welsh. But there was an Irish priest once who, every time he got into the pulpit, he always had to take little digs at the English. He would make fun of the queen. He would make fun of English people, the prime minister, etc. And... Uh, People got offended. People got offended by this Irish priest. So they complained a lot. And the pastor would call him in and, you know, say, hey, you can't do this anymore. Okay, Father, yes, whatever you say, I'll do what you say. I'll stop doing it. But he would go ahead into the pulpit and he would keep doing it. So finally, after a while, this back and forth, the pastor called him in and said, listen, I don't even trust you anymore to preach. You keep doing what I've told you not to do. And So from now on, I'm just going to write out my homily and you give my sermon. Whatever I say, you're just going to read it. You're going to repeat what I said. 
Okay, Father, that's fine. And he's thinking, well, at least now I don't have to write any more sermons. It'll save me some time. So he lets the people know this is what's going on, and he gets into the pulpit, and he says, well, let's see what the old boy, the pastor, has to say about the gospel this week. And he starts to read it, and he says, oh, look, it's about the Last Supper. Jesus is sitting there at the table with the twelve disciples, and he says to them, one of you is about to betray me. And Patrick over in the corner, the other side of the table, says, well, Lord, it isn't I. Surely I would never betray you. And he says, oh, Patrick, you're brighter than all the stars in the sky to me. I know you'd never do anything as dark as that. And finally, Seamus on the other side of the table says, Lord, it isn't I, is it? And he says, oh, Seamus, you're always straight as an arrow with me. You never do anything as crooked as that. So finally, Judas on the other side of the table speaks up. Well, blimey, Governor, it bloody wasn't me. Anyway, I hope you're laughing out there. See, that was an English accent. I don't even know if I'm all that good at that. But anyway, that's our joke for the day. Okay, let's get serious. Jesus is saying a number of different things here. A number of different things are revealed. First of all, we have Judas getting ready to do what he's going to do. And tomorrow is Wednesday of Holy Week. We traditionally refer to it as Spy Wednesday. And it's kind of a day commemorating Judas, certainly not canonizing him by any means, but commemorating what he did. So tomorrow we'll talk more about Judas. But yes, Judas is doing his part. There's the beautiful scene of John. You know, John is writing this, but he doesn't use his own name. He says, the beloved disciple. He says, the beloved disciple leans his head against Jesus to ask him, Master, who is it? Against Jesus's chest. Peter is the leader, but Peter knows his limitations. He knows that John is more beloved than he is. And that's even a whole topic of conversation right there, exactly what that means. Because Peter also was very loved. But yes, John reclines his head against Jesus. Jesus tells him, he tells him, yes, it's going to be the one that I hand the morsel to. And he hands the morsel to Judas. There's that. And there's also uh, Simon Peter. Master, I will follow you wherever you go. How often do we do this with the Lord? Lord, I'm sorry for my sins, and I promise I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and whatever you say, Lord, I'm with you, and I'm going to follow you to the end, and then we fail. We fall on our faces five minutes later. This is what Peter did. At least Peter repented. Well, now I'd like to talk a little bit about what Jesus says about glorifying himself, and God is glorifying in him. It often did not make sense to me when I would read this. What do you mean the Son of Man is going to be glorified? No, he's not. He's going to die on the cross. And this is such an important thing. Why does Jesus say it at this moment about receiving glory? He's only saying now, he's about to die. He's saying the most important things. But And, and of course, there's so much more in John's gospel. There's the prayer for unity. There's... Uh, all sorts of different things we've been talking about the past couple of weeks. Jesus identifying who he is, identifying his relationship with the Father. So much of this in contrast with the Pharisees attacking him, the chief priests, the Sanhedrin, etc. So Jesus says, now is the time for me to be glorified. Why is this so important? See, 
It's important because you and I were made a certain way. We're made in God's image and likeness. Jesus came among us. We believe still Jesus was the bridge. Even if we had not sinned, Jesus is the one to lead us back to the Father because Jesus is the one through whom we are made, for whom we are made. The Bible tells us this in different places. It's a very crude image, but I use it sometimes just to begin to make the point. I mean, I would say, I guess, imagine the father is the uh, the, the baker, we're the cookies, Jesus is the cookie cutter. I Like I said, it's a very crude image. It, it leaves out so much. The Holy Spirit is the, uh, the fire in the oven. <laughs> it's a good way to say it. But yes, Jesus is the image of the Father, and we are made in God's image. Jesus is the one through whom we are made. And so, yes, Jesus would be the bridge, but because of our sins, now Jesus has to pay the price for our sins. So he has to suffer and he has to die. Jesus becomes one of us in order to save us, in order to be that bridge. So there's there's so much to this mystery about how we are made as pure creatures. We're not the creator. Yet we are given divinization. We are given a share in the life of the creator. And it's so much more of a big deal now because, like I said, our sins have to be taken away. So Jesus comes to, and and this is really the meaning of our lives, this is why we were made, we were made to share in God's glory. It's like parents that love each other, and they want to share that love. They want that love to grow, so they have children. And then they want the children to share in that love, to, to experience home life with them, to benefit from them. So many parents will save up a, a legacy for their children, whether it's Uh, a work, a company, money, homes, whatever it might be, cars. I don't know what Yeah, cars come and go. Uh, Sometimes the kids end up fighting over everything too. That happens more often than we realize. But the father made us for his glory. Just like parents love to leave good things to their kids and share good things with their kids. The father made us to be glorified. But To get to that glory now, we have to go through the cross. Jesus has to go through the cross. And then he says to us, take up your cross and follow me. He gives us opportunities to connect with him as he does what he's going to do this week. We commemorate this week his ultimate sacrifice, and it's all ultimately about glory. In order for us to be glorified, first Jesus has to be glorified. Now, once again, this can be confusing because, well, He's the second person of the Trinity. He already has glory. He has glory above and beyond everybody else. Well, it's not his divinity we're talking about here. We're talking about him coming to save us. Therefore, he has to take on humanity. St. Paul says he empties himself of his divinity when he comes here to earth. So he becomes one of us in all things, except that he doesn't sin. And so he takes on our weakness. He takes on our struggles. And that's precisely where the glory is going to come from. He becomes, as St. Paul says, a slave to all of us. He's going to embrace the worst of all of us so that he can lift us up to the best. So in order for us to be glorified, he has to be glorified first, but in his humanity. His humanity might be glor- must be glorified. We saw a glimpse of this at the Transfiguration. 
maybe a little glimpse of it too at the baptism. We see glimpses of it when he raises up dead people, when he walked on water, when he multiplied the loaves and the fish, when he expelled so many demons. These are all little glimpses of his glory, but there will be a definitive glory that Jesus receives in his humanity when he resurrects, when he ascends, when he appears on earth in between the resurrection and the final ascension into heaven, and then so many other things that are going to happen through his church. And just the fact that he remains in heaven, and we get a glimpse of this in the book of Revelation, the lamb who was slain yet lives forever now. He is on the altar being worshipped. He is the one who conquers sin and death. So Jesus in his humanity must be glorified And how does this happen? Well, first, sin has to be wiped away. So Jesus pays the price for our sins by dying on the cross. Jesus is about to endure the greatest pain ever, yet there's a greater pain, and I think I talked about this a little bit on Sunday, and that is that he's carrying our sins. In that respect, he can't wait. He loves us so much. It's like a mother that can't wait to have a child, can't wait to give birth. It's going to be so painful. And yet she can't wait to meet that little person that's living inside her, that little boy, that little girl. She can't wait. Jesus can't wait for us to be saved. He can't wait for our sins to be taken away. And he can't wait for the guilt of our sin to be removed from him. So he has to take it to the cross. And in doing so, there will be glory. He will be glorified. The Father will be glorified in and through him, in and through his humanity. He's already doing it in and through his divinity. They share that glory together in their divinity, Father, Son, and Spirit. But Jesus does it in his humanity so that then we also can be glorified. And this is what life is all about. I feel so bad for people that think life is about worldly glory. Ugh. Worldly glory comes and goes. You know, we get old. We get fat. (laughs) We get slow. Uh, The list goes on and on and on. I'm going to read this again. The Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and he will glorify him at once. And he's saying, you will come later, but where I'm going now, you cannot come. It's true. He doesn't want us to come to the punishment for sin and death. That's why he's doing it. He doesn't want us to descend into hell. Once again, so many people choose hell because they choose earthly glory and they forsake heavenly glory. And heavenly glory doesn't just mean going to heaven. Heavenly glory means that we can have peace while we live here on earth. It means that uh, we can do amazing things. We're going to receive the Spirit And then that spirit, the Holy Spirit, will do so many good things in and through us. The miraculous will take place in and through us because of the Holy Spirit. So uh, even while we're commemorating the most horrible things this week, God Almighty suffering and dying for us, so much pain being caused to our Lord who loves us so dearly. Even though we're commemorating all this negative stuff, Jesus is looking at the positive. He's going to go so that he can receive glory, so that the human race can receive glory, so that you and I can receive glory and share that glory with Jesus and the Father in heaven for all eternity. God bless you. Have a great day. Continue to have a happy Holy Week.